All right, hey, this is Brent Leary, and I'm still here at Dreamforce 2019. Found a little quiet nook in the Executive Summit, only thanks to the guy sitting here, here Vala Afshar, who is the Chief Digital Evangelist for Salesforce. So, man, thank you for joining me. It's so good to be here with you. Man, we tried to connect <laughs> numerous times. I'm really glad that you took time out of your busy schedule because I know the uh, cream of the crop analysts oh, are yeah. booked solid. Oh. I actually saw your calendar for tomorrow, so I know <laughs> this to be true. So thanks for spending time with me. Absolutely, I'm just glad we got a chance to do this on like the 20th attempt. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and the, I, the fact that I like you is saying a lot because <laughs> you're a Boston fan, I, and I'm not, man. <laughs> we, uh, most people that know you know you're absolutely not a Boston <laughs> fan. Uh, you know, you grew up in Boston, and your friends and family root for teams, and it just becomes ingrained in who you are and who you root for. So. <laughs> All right, but you have one of the coolest titles and roles that I've seen in the industry, Chief Digital Evangelist for a company like Salesforce. Yeah. Tell me, what is what exactly do you do as a Chief Digital Evangelist for Salesforce? That's awesome. That, well, thanks. Um, I got to give credit to Alex Dion, who was the president of products in 2015 when I joined. It was Alex who said, I think you should be the chief digital evangelist because as a customer, uh, uh, my company and I used the platform across sales, services, marketing, even engineering. We had integrated our R&D database to our CRM platform so that when engineers updated our defect tracking in real time, that insight would go to our frontline service staff. And so we removed a ton of friction and heavy process and created a almost an autonomous enterprise in terms of how we would leverage insights from different parts of the department. So because I used the platform across the entire line of business and had familiarity with the platform, uh, Alex and John Tashrick, they didn't want me focused specifically to one cloud or you know one piece, uh, technology. So so that's the, the origin. And uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, I'm not an analyst, but I play one on TV. <laughs> you know, so uh, research, uh, writing, speaking, and uh, being a 13-year Salesforce customer means I made a ton of mistakes. Hmm. I learned from those mistakes. So when I have an opportunity to meet with customers and partners and they're thinking about going through the art of the possible, and it's truly today, it's just an amazing time because you're no longer challenged by scarcity, you're challenged by abundance. Like, can you really focus <laughs> with all this innovation around you? and do the right things at the right time with the right people to create beautiful experiences and, and, right. and trust. So, yeah, storyteller. Um, I think it was Steve Jobs who said the most powerful person in business is the storyteller. And when I think of our founder and what a great storyteller he is, yeah. I just aspire to learn as much as I can from people like you and then take those learnings and, and try to educate and inspire you know, folks that, that I have the privilege of uh, intersecting with. So. But the cool thing, you, and you're very modest, and you, you are good at what you do. But the thing around the, you talk about storytelling, that wasn't something that you just learned once you came on board. Well, <laughs> you already knew how to tell stories, and you, knew, and you were good with people. Uh, how did that skill set translate into doing what you do today? I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I have such battles in terms of imposter syndrome, uh, I often, even like events like this especially, uh, you know, where I meet these extraordinary people, 
Um, you know, today I had the good fortune of interviewing Brett Taylor, our President Chief Product Officer, and he's an extraordinary person. So between you and I and whoever's watching, you know, uh, I'm sitting on stage as he's answering my questions, thinking, what am I doing here with Brett Taylor? <laughs> you know, he created Google Maps, he created the like button when he was CTO at Facebook, you know, two-time uh, incredible successful exits as an entrepreneur and now President of Products at Salesforce. I think that uh, once I discovered social, once I started writing and, and uh, regularly and then having a weekly show, yeah. I, I started to appreciate the, the necessary muscles you need to be able to tell a story. But it's since joining Salesforce where I realized that stories are um, typically about someone else. Stories have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. To really achieve, uh, you know, a pinnacle level, uh, you, you should be thinking about narratives. Narratives are inclusive. Narratives um, are open-ended. You know, you're really talking about a journey, not a destination. Again, our founder is masterful when he talks about the importance of fourth industrial revolution, importance of sustainability development goals, the importance of trust and core values. He's taking you on a journey and you feel part of it. When he talks about our MVPs, our trailhead initiatives, it's, it's, it's a very, he uses the word specifically together. You know, so he's not a storyteller. He's someone who's masterfully painting a narrative, bringing us all in. As a customer, I felt like I was shaping the Salesforce roadmap. As a single contributor, I feel like I'm shaping the Salesforce roadmap. Whether I am or not, I'm feeling it. <laughs> you know, so, so, so you know, it's, um, there's, a, there's, there's so many, dimensions to being able to articulate something where people, one, believe you, uh, they trust you, um, and then they want to be part of the conversation. Right. They want to be part of the story. Right. Um, and when you can do that, it's like if you if, if you play sports and you're athletic, you get into a flow state where you're, you, you just react to things with minimal thinking. It's just automatic. Right. It's somewhat autonomous. Um, I think when you get into... Uh, you know, deep research and connecting people and sharing stories, there's a potential to get in a flow state as a storyteller. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty, it's, you know, again, I'm fortunate because this company is, it's just a cool company. It's got a good soul. I'm a first-gen immigrant, so mm. the soul of a person and a company matters to me a lot because I, you know, I see people that struggle to gain acceptance and to feel like the, a sense of belonging and nattering. Right. And it's not easy to do. You know, the busyness of life sometimes distracts you from things that matter most. This company cares. Um, so I feel like they give me room to grow. Right. And so someday maybe I'll be a good storyteller. Oh, I'm not thinking Greg good. Right. I'm just trying we'll to get to good. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're already there. But I appreciate let me, it. Let me ask, because, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, yeah. because you, know, you have a huge social presence. What, I, what, you're over 400,000 followers on Twitter. Why do you think people follow you? Wow. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to um, simplify it, but um, I, I think if you, uh, I think you, if, I think if you, so there's a fine line between manipulating and inspiring, and that line is defined by your intention. Mm -hmm. So if you can demonstrate positive intention in terms of why you share, to whom you connect with, 
when you have engagements. Um, and honestly, I think if uh, you do that for a sustained period of time, and my guiding principle is simple. There's not a lot of wisdom in this, but give without expecting a get. Mm. I have absolutely no expectation of anyone that's connected to me on any social network or business or life. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I expect certain characteristics that speak to are you a loving person, are you a caring person, are you humble, are you smart, are you, is there benevolence and integrity that's part of who you are and, and then I naturally gravitate to you. But I do think, I think the reason people follow me is I'm not trying to sell them anything, although you know it sounds too altruistic maybe because ultimately I think we're all trying to be remembered. I like to be remembered. <laughs> I know it sounds. Right. I, 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 you know, one of the reasons I, I wrote a book and I write regularly and I'm certainly active okay. multiple times a day on, on social right. is um, w when you write something down, um, you have the potential to live forever. Um, if you use remarkable words, if you share meaningful content, if you can touch someone's lives, life. You know, I have a good fortune, especially at this conference. You know, 170,000 Salesforce um, advocates. Um, so I'm assuming part of that 400,000 is, is made up of folks here. I can't walk from my hotel room to Moscone, which is a quarter of a mile, and I knock on wood because I think it's such a privilege. Without someone, well, you, you and I experienced it when we just set this up right here right. at the table. Like just really <laughs> profound people. Profound, yes, yes. I don't want to name drop right. it, yes. But, but, you know, that to me is such a privilege. It's such a joy. I have to ask myself, is it, do I have a big ego where I need constant affirmation? Is that why I share? All I know is I love the platform. I'm intrinsically motivated. And, you know... I actually believe that uh, I'm impacting people in a, in, in a, in a, in a positive way. Uh, um, does that answer your question why they follow yeah. me? They're just generous people. And they know that, uh, they know that uh, I'm not going to push my ideology. I'm not going to push my company's product. I'm not going to push, you know, I, my rule of thumb is if I find something interesting. I shared like how French butter is made. I didn't know it was like big slabs of butter. Next thing you know, there was like 20,000 retweets of it. I'm like, wow. wow, people didn't know how butter is made. I, I thought it was only me. You know, um, I, I showed, um, two days ago, I showed um, uh, octopus swimming and how they can camouflage themselves and exactly match the surface that they're near. Wow. And it has 300,000 tweets and likes um, and I'm like I didn't know how adaptive the octopus was in terms of their ability to camouflage so you know it's not just leadership business it's, I didn't know how butter was made <laughs> you know as long as it interests you as long as you is a piece of content where you're like I didn't know this and by the way it's kind of interesting I encourage you to share I I, I, uh, I spend most of my career consuming you know, um, uh, how many people worked in your group, how much budget you had, how much income you had. I think we were taught that the lifeblood of your, your career, your organization, your company is how much 
you consume. It was only in my 40s when I realized the lifeblood is the movement of resources, movement of insights. You're doing a podcast right now, and your goal is to educate people. Hopefully, we'll achieve that goal. I'm not sure I'm, I'm sharing anything insightful. But it's the movement of insights. So, and I wish I did that in my first 40 years. I wish when I was in school, they would teach you that learn and share, and that's how you can add value. So I, much like yourself, have multiple domain expertise over my career, learned a lot of things, and, but it was until I wrote the first tweet, the first blog, the first book, the first video show, where I realized that, you know, if you want to have a healthy career, you want to have a healthy company, focus on movement. Movement is the ultimate status symbol. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and I think maybe the reputation that, hey, if I follow this guy, I know I'm going to get insights from life and work and leadership and innovation and technology so that maybe the diversity of content this is a good question. I should do a Twitter poll. Why do you follow me? I'm worried <laughs> they might get misconstrued and I get a bunch of unfollows. Like, why is he asking? Or they're like, you know, you're right. I don't know why I do. No. Unfollow. <laughs> no. no, absolutely. I know why. But you also do a lot of video. And you, you do like Twitter stream video, live stream. But you also do this show, Disrupt TV with Ray Wong. Yes. Our good friend. Absolutely. Yes. Why do you guys do that show? What do you, you get out of doing that show? You know, if you ask Ray, when we started three and a half years ago, he said, I want to make enterprise sexy. I'm like, Ray, <laughs> what are you, you talking Please elaborate. I'm getting nervous here. But he's like, you know, it's, 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 it's when we talk about digital and transformation and customer experience and customer engagement. We don't speak in simple terms. We don't give specific use cases. We don't highlight people that are actually doing it. We don't even have the com we don't even have the common language. <coughs> and you and I, you know, when we listen to our my mentor, I'm assuming he your mentor, Paul Greenberg. Absolutely. You know, when he says that customer engagement is the ongoing interaction between a company and a customer, offered by the company, chosen by the customer. Right. You and I appreciate every word in that sentence. Absolutely. Every word in that sentence is so powerfully chosen, so specifically chosen. So that simple sentence probably took them 10 years to put together, and it's the best definition of customer engagement that I know. So Ray and I do this show because one, it gives us an opportunity to stay teachable. In this world, if you can't learn, unlearn, relearn, and then change yourself, I think the last part's really important. So it's great that you learn. It's great that you can get rid of the old to make room for the new. But if at the end, you're not changing you, your group, your company. You know, six months ago, you weren't doing live streams on LinkedIn. Right. You know, a couple of years ago, think doing a show and live streaming and not recognizing that the human mind processes an image 60 times faster than text. So if you can put it in an infographic, or if you can show a video, it's far more consumable than plain text. Right. So it's a favorite time of the week for Ray and I. We get three extraordinary people every week to come. We just crossed episode 170. We have 400 unique guests that we've interviewed. Wow. And uh, really stay teachable. Uh, uh, and uh, for that hour, I am guaranteed every week for one hour to be a student. Nice. And uh, I, honestly, I wish I could do it five days a week. It takes a lot of hard work and energy to do right. that. <laughs> right, no, but amongst all the other things that yeah, you're doing. Yeah. All right, one last thing. How many uh, Dreamforces have you been to? This is my 10th Dreamforce. Five as an employee, five as a customer. And uh, 
you know, we say it gets better all the time. You know, um, it does because you get to meet people and it's an additive effect. So there's always more people you're going to meet. You know, I always tell business leaders, don't forget the law of numbers. No matter how fast and how big you get, there's always more smart people on the outside than inside. <laughs> it's just fact. Uh, even for one of the fastest growing companies in the world. Um, so an event like this validates that. Because by the time I got here on Monday and I leave on Friday, chances are I'm going to meet 50 new people. Wow. doesn't mean that I'm going to connect with 50 ongoing, but I bet you five to ten it'll be interviews I'm gonna come see your company you're gonna come on my show so and and that's a population that's added to last year's Dreamforce and the nine other ones I've been to so even at the analyst summit I had the good fortune last night at our reception and then today to meet about ten new technology analysts yeah. that I hadn't met before uh, co collected a couple of business cards and I'm looking forward to future conversations so um, yeah, it's 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 uh, maybe the biggest life lesson for me, and it happened after the age forty. As an introvert, I think I missed a lot because I created all these excuses and fear and doubt and uncertainty. But as soon as I realized that networking is about giving, like you're giving right now, you're sharing your platform with me, you're giving me a gift so that I could share some of my thoughts with your audience. The best networkers I know, the best conversationalists I know, the best people I know are givers and this is a festival of givers at Dreamforce. So is it safe to say that the, one of the most favorite parts of this kind of events is learning and, and getting to know people basically? 100%, 100%. I get excited about the technology, I get excited about new announcements and innovation, I get excited about the partnerships we announced. You know, we're announcing partnerships with the most successful companies in the world, right. most of whom are an order of magnitude bigger than Salesforce. <laughs> <coughs> but um, yeah, the friendships, the connections, the learning, awesome. That, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, if you want to be remembered, you know, do yourself a favor and put yourself in situations where you can hang around smart people who are givers and magic happens. <laughs>